You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. All right. Well, let's jump into this. The title of this is True Peace. And uh, Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read 6 through 9. And it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence... And if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace shall be with you. Now, here's what I want to point out. It says, be anxious for nothing. And then he says, let your forbearing spirit be made known to all men The Lord is near. Now listen, as 2020 began to unfold, the last thing we seen was a forbearing spirit out of Christianity. We didn't see patient. We we let 2020 affect us to the point of falling apart. Come on. See, we're living in a time where people need to understand that peace isn't a place. It's not a place that you go to. It's not a TV program that you watch. It's not going to come from a protest or from a program or another man-made law. That's not where peace is going to come from. And so Paul has given us an idea of what we need to do. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything pray and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace, the rest and prosperity of God, which surpasses all comprehension, which surpasses all understanding, thought or feeling or will. Look at that. Those are strong words. When you just just read over it, it just doesn't quite land as good as when you understand what peace really is. Because peace is rest and prosperity. How many of y'all watch the news and get all worked up and get mad? I'm pointing to me here. Dana's like, no, (laughs) don't watch it. (laughs) See, we're living in the midst of some pretty unsettling times. And you have to know in whom your peace comes from. See, people are looking for it everywhere. People are trying to find peace everywhere and in everything. 
But when it comes from it, it it's they're going to see it in you. You're forbearing, enduring, come on, steadfast. See, when you're forbearing, you're patient and you're in control. See, the devil has perverted peace like everything else that God has done and has established for our success and our victory. The devil's always going to be a pervert of everything. Psalms 4. In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For thou alone, O Lord, dost make me to dwell in safety. And let me tell you something. When, the, when everything is going awry around you, when people see that, see, it's being known to all men hey, there's something different about that guy. Why is he still keeping his head in the midst of all this? See, it's called control. Forbearance is control under pressure. That's what it is. It's control under pressure. And let me tell you something. We are being pressured right now. There's something... Sinister and dark about what's going on and you make no mistakes about it. Because the enemy, because let, let me make this very clear. The devil has got a voice. He's got a whole political movement and a whole media and a whole generation that has given voice to fear and shame. Now what you're seeing is a shaming going on because you don't wear a mask, because you won't get a vaccine, because you won't run in fear, because you won't, come on, you hear what I'm saying? I'm not against a vaccine. I'm not against a mask. I'm against the shaming of it. And the way, come on, are y'all hearing me? That's what I'm against. And the devil's been given a voice to be able to shame people and it ain't right. And so we're going to have to show our forbearance. Come on. Does that make sense? We're going to have to control ourselves under this kind of pressure and not be anxious. And then it says, and the peace of God, the rest and prosperity, which surpasses all comprehension. They're pushing us to a point where you're not going to be able to get on a plane, go somewhere, unless you got to. Come on. So where are you? Go where's the line going to be drawn? Who's your provider? See, it's very important you understand who your provider is because if it's your job, you're just going to cave and be pushed into all kinds of things. Next thing you know, you're standing in line at a cattle car going to a concentration camp. Amen or oh me. Look, at this point in my life, y'all know me, I've been here 17 years. I sure ain't pulling no punches now. Come on. 
because we're headed down a slippery, slippery slope. And David said, for, the, for thou alone, O Lord, for thou alone, O Lord, dost make me to dwell in safety. Come on. That's the word or it ain't the word. It's the truth or it ain't the truth. See, David's prayer was to trust God. That was his prayer. So for peace, to be able to have a uh, forbearance and to walk in this rest and prosperity, we're going to have to trust God. It says it surpasses all comprehension, understanding, thought, feeling, or will. See, that's a whole nother level. You don't even have to understand where it comes from. Just trust God. And then look what it says. Shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, trusting and having peace and having control, it's going to guard your heart. In the midst of everything that's falling apart, you're trusting God. When everybody else is panicking, you're trusting God. Come on. See, at some point in our walk, we will be faced with battles, and it's those battles is what builds our trust in God that brings peace. See, for, for many years, when we come up against opposition after being saved, how many of you thought God was mad at you? Come on, be real. How many times, yeah, how many times have you thought, man, I, God's just mad at me. I'm not worthy to ask. How many of y'all ever had that run through your mind? Come on. I'm not worthy to ask. I just give me a little corner in heaven and we'll be fine. So let me tell you something. That's a lie from the devil. And he's trying to get you to, uh, to not face the battle head on. So you won't grow in faith and grow in trust. Listen, trust and faith grow together. See, trust, you don't just start out with a great big fat bank account of trust. Come on. Oh, man, we had a horse, and I'd pick up on him, and he hated people, and he tolerated me. But let me tell you something. You've never really just got comfortable sitting on him because he, his, his ears never quit moving. He was always in a horse's, when a horse, that's his radars. He's like, I'm looking for boogers. Something's fixing to jump out. I guarantee me and Wendy was pushing a bull one time that got out and we was going through, yeah, Charlie, we was going through this guy's yard. <laughs> Those were the ones I always like to go get. But we was going through and chickens come running out from underneath the house. Let me tell you something. Charlie was already like this. And when them chickens come running out from underneath that house, he was like, he looked like a spider. I mean, he went, he's like, he didn't know where, he would have probably went somewhere. He just didn't know where to go because, yeah. See, there was a trust account issue there. See, trust and faith, they grow together as we mature in Christ. 
See, there's got to be a maturing. And let me tell you, since 2020, we have been on a fast track of maturing in the Word because we're being pushed there. Come on. We're being shaken to it. And so we're having to get there. Judges 6, 23, And the Lord said to him, said to Gideon, Peace to you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. The Lord just doesn't have peace. He's the very essence of peace. And that's so vitally important. Because who lives on the inside of you? You're a temple of the Most High God. So that peace automatically dwells in you because He is peace. Come on, does that make sense? Hebrews eleven six. what does it say? It is impossible to please God without faith. For those who come to God must believe that he and he is a rewarder of those who yes, diligently seek him. So he is peace in the midst of everything that's going on around you. He is peace. See, John 16 Let's look. John 16. Jesus is preparing his disciples for him to leave. And in verse 32, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home. And to leave me alone, and yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but, the, but take courage, I've overcome the world. He said you have rest and prosperity and you are set at one again. Take courage in that. I have overcome. In other words, I have conquered and have victory over the troubles and the pressure that's coming against you. That's exactly what he said. When you break that down, he says, don't worry. All the pressure, all the trouble, everything that's coming, I've overcome it. That's where we get around here the saying that we don't fight for victory, we're fighting from it. Because he already overcome. See, when we understand the principle of following Christ, we receive the promise of in him. When we're following him, we're in Him, and that's the promise. He's in us. See, Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Look in Romans chapter 8. 
verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? We're going to read 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for thy sake we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. He says, but in all these things we overwhelmingly overcome. Because we con he conquered. He says, we've gained, acquired, that word conquer is acquired by force. He's already fought that battle. Verse 38, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, that's good news. That is so good news. Peace isn't a place. He just named off all these things, all these places, all these deals. It, listen, peace isn't in a place where there's no noise, where there's no trouble, where there's no hard work. It means that when we are in Christ, we are calm in our heart. And all the noise and everything going on around us doesn't bother us. Folks, that's Christianity. That's what Christianity is. When God begins to put you back in order, you understand he has already conquered, overwhelmingly conquered everything that troubles and pressures you. You just stay calm at heart and know that nothing can separate you from God. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that, I mean, to me, that's the most powerful, overwhelming, just, you, you can rest in that. And that's what we need right now is rest. We need to be able to learn how to rest in the midst of all the noise, the trouble, and the work that's going on. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Turn there. Listen, these are all, these would be good notes to be taken right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us. I mean, these are such powerful words. These are things that we need to get a hold of now that he leads us in Christ's triumphs and then manifests 
in our life. Look at this. He says, he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Listen, Christians who are being led into the triumphs in the midst of all that's going on right now, there's going to be a manifestation of a sweet aroma. It's not going to be, oh my God. It's not going to be a falling apart. It's not going to, come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Christians are going to be overwhelmingly at peace and at rest. Oh, man. Look what he says. For, I love it. Through the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. In every place. In your work. On the road. In the store. In the midst of trouble. In the midst of heartache. In the midst of a pandemic. Will be a sweet aroma. Come on. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one an aroma from death to death, to the other an aroma from life to life. And who is adequate for these things? For we are not like many peddling the word of God. But as from sincerity, but as from God. In other words, from clearness and purity. From God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. Listen, as we are trusting and as we are at peace, we become a sweet aroma to the ones who are perishing, we're going to be a stench like a dead carcass. Come on. See, that's what, that, that's what you, is so important right now that you need to understand. To those that are perishing, we are reminding them that they are perishing and they hate us. You make no mistakes about it. Everything that's going on in this world right now is because of Christ in you. It is because you carry an eternal, unstoppable hope of glory and the devil hates it. It doesn't, he doesn't, let me tell you, the devil doesn't care who's in office. He hates Christianity. The devil doesn't care if you go to school or not go to school. He wants his voice in the school because at the end of the day, it's about removing Christianity. It's not about tolerance. It's not about race. It's not about choice or preference. It's about removing Christ from everything. And you make no mistake about that. That's what all this is about. And at the end of the day, you got to realize to that voice of darkness, you are a stench. But to those who will receive and see your forbearance going forward, you are a sweet aroma because it brings hope into their life that when they face their battles, they can start. And we're not getting our, we're not getting our, uh, uh, message 
from some doctrinal issues or some denominational issue, we are standing face to face, looking God in the eyeballs, getting our orders from ranch headquarters. Come on. That's what he's saying. We ain't peddling a gospel of, oh, we're just, come on. You can bet there will be noise and trouble and a push to control us. The enemy's going to try to silence you. He's already, he's already doing it. Listen, we all have a response. He said, who's responsible? None of us are responsible enough to do this. That's why we got to get face to face with him. That's why we can't. Listen, it is the saddest thing to me that, that preachers are standing in a pulpit, but they stand in a pulpit after a week or so of looking online to get sermons. Instead of getting their message from being, spending time with God, spending time asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? And we wonder why the church crumbled in 2020. We wonder why we look like a bunch of idiots. It's because we were online trying to find the, the next best message. Instead of getting face to face with God. You want to understand why our government is so out of control and can't govern themselves? Because pastors quit trying to get before God. Deuteronomy chapter 12. See, we stand in Christ, looking God in the face, getting our orders from Him. Not the latest pop culture, media mogul, or tolerance perspective, but face to face with God. Come on, Deuteronomy chapter 12. Verse 10, when you cross the Jordan and live in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live in security. The worst thing, the most absolute, devastating, worst thing that we ever taught is that we're crossed the Jordan into heaven. We sing the songs. We're standing on this side of the Jordan looking over. We're reaching across the Jordan and every funeral we just spew all this that the promised land is when we die. Quite frankly, 
There's a lot of times when I do funerals, they'll give me stuff that we, they want you to read and it, it just, it's not Christianity. It sounds good, but it ain't Christianity. It is a bunch of, <sighs> we're going across the River Jordan. Let me tell you something. You want to live in rest and peace? You go on and cross the Jordan. Listen, the rest is when you possess the promise. Rest comes after you've been baptized, walk through the wilderness, learn to fight a few battles, learn to communicate with God, learn who God was. Then you can possess the promise, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You ain't got to wait to possess the promises. When you get to heaven, God wants you to possess them now. And that's where rest comes in the midst of your enemies. Come on, it's not when you cross the Jordan. We've used the Jordan as this expanse between earth and heaven. And God said, no, I want heaven to come to earth. And in the midst of your promise, when the enemies, when you're possessing and taking it, you can still have rest and prosperity in the midst. Come on, man. When the church took a back seat of just going to heaven, we lost our peace and our rest. Yes. We gave it up. And we gave up our voice to only those who would come in the building and listen to us. And then here's what we did. We sent the evangelist outside to condemn everybody. God, if I had something to kick up here, I'd have kicked it. <laughs> an evangelist is not an idiot standing on the corner telling everybody they're going to die. Keisha and them were at a, a bull riding and come outside and there was a guy standing there just condemning everybody to hell. Keisha was like, oh, dude, you're making our job so much harder. Yeah. Come on. The evangelist is not a guy running around the country that goes in and builds you up, pumps you up, blows up, and blows out. Because that's what they want to tell you evangelist is. It ain't. An evangelist is a guy in here teaching you how to go outside with love and peace and minister to people out there and baptize them, fill them with the Holy Ghost, lay hands on them, get them healed, deliver them. Come on. That's what an evangelist does, teaches people in here how to go out there and serve the community and then they come back in here and learn good sound principle doctrines of how to stand and fight and live this thing and work this thing out. That's what an evangelist does. What does it do to just blow in? I'm telling you, the days of the evangelists walk, go, going traveling around with their laminated sermons 
I've seen it. I've seen the cowboy preachers running up and down the road, going to rodeos, got their laminated uh, sermons. It drives me Come on. No. If you're going to run up down the road, going to rodeos, going to churches, start fathering them boys. Build a relationship with them. Start fathering. Start discipling them. Disciple them. Listen, you can disciple people on your job. You can disciple people, your neighbors. Whether you know it or not, your neighbors are your assignment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh-oh. See, we must start teaching people that rest comes when you learn how to possess the promise. See, we can't do that without trusting Him and knowing that He is our peace. Because there will always be an enemy trying to rob you of your peace. See, and when we quit teaching spiritual warfare, we lost. You got denominations that ignore the spiritual realm. They don't want to talk about devils and demons. You better talk about them. How can you fight an enemy if you don't even know they're there? And let me tell you, they're there whether you like it or not. And we don't talk about the Holy Ghost. How can you not talk about the Holy Ghost? He's the one that leads you and guides you in all the truth. And when you think saying the word Holy Ghost makes you a radical, you just lost. And you are running blindly in the night because you ain't got no guide. Come on. See, what is seen all throughout Scripture, it doesn't matter if it's New Testament or Old Testament, the people who are taking a stand, taking action, serving, trusting God in the midst of the noise, the troubles, the pressures, and having to work it out are the ones who receive and possess the promise. Not the ones that sit and do nothing, but the ones who are taking action. Our culture has never seen so much self-indulgent people in history. Second Timothy. We are right smack dab in the middle of Second Timothy chapter 3. It says, realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. They're here. For men will be lovers of self. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. Lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Holy smokes. Never seen so much ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. 
malicious gossips without... I mean, we got TV shows of drama, malicious gossips now. Without self-control, we got those programs. Brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless. Man, listen, haters of good. We got a government, haters of good. We'll go save whales. Come on. Haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. And it says, avoid such men as these. Listen, that doesn't mean you just go lock up. You're going to live in the midst of these. What the word means is, is you're not bound together with them. There is a separation Yes, you might be amongst them. Listen, when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, what was God doing with the 10 plagues? Have you ever thought about that? The 10 plagues of God never touched the Hebrew people who were in the midst of Egypt. Why? Because God said, I'm fixing to draw a line of distinction. You're going to know my people from the world. You're going to know the difference. You're going to see the difference. So in the midst of all the plagues and everything that was going on, listen, it was even when darkness fell over all of Egypt, nobody could see anything but the Israelites. I'm telling you, there is a darkness that has fallen over this country. And we are the light in the midst of it. Come on. And we just have to understand and start learning how to go about this. Before you start just telling people you got to get Jesus. Let me encourage you to stop and fight the battle in the spiritual realm first. Start praying toward that loved one. Start praying towards that neighbor. Start speaking life into them. Start speaking that they begin to see clearly, that they begin to hear. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? Start sending a spirit of adoption to them. Man, we were up there at that conference in Missouri and something powerful happened. It, and it really is just amazing. It was that getting our orders from God. And those men, I said, listen, if you men need prayer, what do you need? And they started raising their hands. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit was just like, now make them speak it out. Golly, it was, it, Brad, it was powerful, wasn't it? And we just started, they just started speaking these prayers out. And all of a sudden, you could see them starting to break. And they would begin to weep. Men, it's our turn to start speaking 
It's our turn to start leading. It's our turn. Come on. See, it's hard to avoid these people when you're surrounded by them. I get it. But you're just not letting them affect you. That's what that means. Avoid. Don't let them affect your peace, your walk, you working this thing out. Because nothing can separate you from God. Come on. And so we don't let that affect us. We just stay steadfast, letting our forbearance be made known to all men. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 6, and this is the last scripture. It's the last one on the page, so I'm not lying. <laughs> Verse 14, do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnerships have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Bilal? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of a living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them. And walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. See, we can be amongst them, right in the middle of them, and we can be serving them and showing them something different without being bound together with them. Come on, does that make sense? They do not affect our peace, not one iota. Come on, you young people, that means not one bit. Did y'all, Grandma, you say not one iota? Listen, the world has nothing new. God's not up there wringing his hands going, oh my God, oh God, we got a new variant of COVID. Right? He's not up there wondering how this... And we've got to remember that. We have to remember at the end of the day, he overwhelmingly conquered this world in that he dwells in us. See, that's Christianity on a whole nother level. That's Christianity that you, you can't peddle. You, you can't peddle that. You have to teach it and live it. Come on, y'all stand with me. Listen, I want to encourage you. There may, be, there may be some things that you have to separate yourself from. There may be some things that's holding you back. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it. He is worth it. 
Lord, we just come to you today. We come against all anxiety and fear right now in the name of Jesus. Father, as we begin to look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, as we begin to trust in you, Father, I thank you that we will learn how to possess the promises of God, that we can walk in the midst of all this noise at total rest, knowing that nothing can separate us from you. Father, we thank you that at the end of the day, that prosperity is ours because we trust you. Being whole, being whole at rest and at peace. Father, we thank you right now. It'll shine forth in the midst of the darkness, pointing people to an eternal hope. No matter what the enemy does, it is an unstoppable hope that we carry. And Lord, nothing can drown that out. Nothing can squelch that. Nothing can put it out. But Father, we are a light in the midst of a dark world. And Father, I thank you that we can walk in confidence in the midst of it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in Christ. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.